I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Today we have a great malicious compliance story against a roommate who wants to have girls over all the time. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, new finance manager accidentally increases our pay when trying to cut it back. Note, the story takes place in the UK, but I changed the pounds for dollars to make it easier for foreign audiences to follow. This story goes back a few years now. I worked in graphics design. I was salaried but was paid to be on call one week every month. The company had a long-standing structure of on-call payments where we got paid $200 a month to be on the on-call rota, and if slash when we get called out, it's paid at around 130% of our calculated hourly salary rate for the time we clock in and clock out of work on a callout. This worked fine for us and is important to note for the rest of this story. One day, we had a new finance manager introduce himself. He was in his early 20s and had been hired as part of a graduate leadership program. We knew instantly he was going to be a pain because within the first three minutes of his half hour long speech, he talked about cost and value for money and expenditure multiple times. He didn't even mention graphics design at all, which is what we all did. Let's call this guy Mr. Butthat. To begin with, we gave Mr. Butthat the benefit of the doubt. New guy, new company, maybe he was just sticking to his comfort zone. Nuh-uh. Within two weeks, he'd mandated that all expenses had to be sent to him for approval. Q queries like, you're driving a transit, why did it cost you $60 to go 100 miles? And why did you fill up at Shell? Morrison's is cheaper. This eventually led to, I don't want the trucks going home with you. Please leave them at work and pick them up. Well, the reason it cost us $60 that one time was that we had 1.2 tons of product in the back and we needed to run the engine whilst the pallets were being loaded and unloaded. Mr. Butthat didn't understand. In his finance textbook, there was no mention of logistics. The vans were going home with us because it would save 30 to 60 minutes of a commute either way to get a van when we were moving products from customers and suppliers. Again, this was confusing to him because his textbook didn't say that everybody didn't actually live at the company and had that odd requirement to go some weird place called home at 5pm. Naturally, none of the employees were happy about this arrangement but it all fell away because of Mr. Butthat's second brilliant idea. Mr. Butthat also decided that we would get our on-call payments docked, a system that had worked since 1988, over 30 years of a perfectly working system. But of course, some idiot has to come along and try to change it. His big idea was to lose one hour of on-call. It was an easy saving on paper, since we all claimed one single extra hour on call every week. The way it worked was that whoever was handing over the on-call duty would claim half an hour to get the van fueled and valeted, and whoever was about to go on call would also claim half an hour to take a stock check of what was in the vans and reload as necessary. Every week a different van would go out, and as we had four vans, this meant that they also got all their monthly clean as mandated by the company. 
We'd worked this for years, and it was actually the idea of a retired director who had previously worked as a paramedic. A weekly van refresh was worth the nominal amount that was paid out to one employee per week, and was also an incentive for being on call. Even if nothing happened, the on-call employee would get the equivalent of a free meal, and the vans would be stocked every Thursday, our on-call handover day, and good to go. During quiet periods, the vans, we had four of them, all got a run at least once a month so they didn't get flat batteries. And as whoever was on call got that van washed, cleaned and fueled, etc., we always had one presentable van 24-7. Anyway, back to Mr. Butt Hat. So when everybody heard that they were losing an hour of on-call pay because it's our job to make sure we're ready no matter what, there were a lot of questions asked. Our senior finance manager doubled down. Having been Mr. Butthat's referral into the company, he agreed saying, You all drive, pick the van up from work, you can load it in company time whilst you're here. You have gate codes, so if you're on call, you'll need to take a van from your place of work. Sure, Dumbo. Time for some malicious compliance. Coincidentally, the next six weeks were very busy on call. As mentioned, Mr. Butthat's textbook didn't cover how people don't live at the office. So instead of taking a van home and being ready to go at 3am when the overnight press has our samples ready, or our client has just published their final design markup that they want reviewed and on the machines for 6am, or, most commonly, having to drive to an event with some extra flyers, bags, lanyards, etc. because the client was overbooked, We were spending anywhere between 30 to 90 minutes commuting to the office to pick up a van, driving to wherever the issue was, sometimes it was directly back via the on-call employee's house, and then the same time back. Whilst we weren't paid fuel mileage for driving to work for our normal hours, we were given the standard 40 cents a mile when we had to drive our own cars outside of working hours. If we couldn't or didn't want to drive, for example, the spouse needs the car in the morning for the school run, insurance doesn't cover driving after 11pm, car needs a service, etc., the company would pay for a taxi. If we were driving one of the vans, we weren't paid mileage, just our standard on-call payment. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mr. Budhat very quickly went from our enemy to our best friend when we realized we'd be getting paid significantly more to drive to the office, pick up the van, and then head to wherever we needed to go. Plus, after the job, coming back to the office and then driving home again. One of my colleagues lived about 60 miles away from the office, and on one occasion where he'd had nine callouts in one week, 
Each time having to drive to the office and back, he'd effectively doubled what he'd been paid weekly. We realized that this was costing the company money, but hey, them's the rules. So we happily kept up this new routine. The extra driving was a bit of pain, but the knowledge that we were getting paid extra for it made it a very easy rule to follow. Mr. Butt had probably realized that, as we weren't complaining, something must be wrong. He checked, and was shocked to find out that his massive saving of about $250 a month, four times one hour on call payments, was instead leading to about $500 of extra monthly mileage payments, and an extra $1,000 in monthly on-call payments. Not to mention that customers were complaining that what was a 20-minute response time was now about an hour, and one customer had noticed that one of the on-call employees would drive past their facility in his car, only to come back 40 minutes later with a van. Then, 40 minutes after he'd left, they saw him driving back the way he came in his car. We'd initially complained about this for a while, but it fell on deaf ears. As soon as our company director heard complaints from the customers, though, time for action. Suddenly, we were allowed to take the vans home again. Our on-call handover was reinstated. Mr. Butthat was moved out of our team. I was naive. I still am, to be honest. So, I thought this was fine. However, a lot of other people I worked with said no. We have our new way of working. That's how it's meant to be. Some people said they'd bought another car or a bigger car now that they don't need to park a van at home anymore, so they were unable to take a van home again. I don't believe this was actually true, but we stood behind the point. I worked there for another year and left to pursue my career, but until I left, Mr. Butthat's policy remained. Everybody who worked on call continued to leave the vans at the office, drive there to pick them up, do a job, drop it off at the office, and then drive home again. Mr. Butthat disappeared for a while and we never heard about him again. I checked the corporate directory and saw he was missing, so I assume he was shown the door. The senior finance guy was still in the company but had absolutely no say in what we did. He was moved down from client manager to supplier coordinator, which I assume means he's now living his life checking contracts and financial statements. Ouch. I mean, this isn't even a situation where they're happy firing the guy. This guy has essentially put a curse on this company forever. Way to leave a lasting legacy. Not a good one, though. Our next story is, you want to have girls over all the time? Okay, have it your way. The setup, I have a two-bedroom house. I decided that I wanted to rent out the other bedroom in the house to make some money on space I wasn't really using after COVID, so I fixed up the place really nice. The tenant gets a private, semi-attached bathroom. Bathroom is actually outside the bedroom, but I put up drapes between the bedroom and the bathroom, so the tenant can walk between without me seeing. Common consumables. I pay for toilet paper, paper towels, laundry supplies, kitchen supplies, etc. I create the lease. The lease is very bare bones. It just says, you get a room at this property, you pay this much per month, landlord covers all utilities, your lease is X months long. I created the ad. In the ad I mentioned how it's okay to have guests over, but keep it to no more than twice per month. I didn't put this into the lease agreement. You can see where this is going. I do a showing for a prospect, T. I tell him the guest policy and he seems just fine with it. I do the rest of the showing and all seems grand. He signs the lease agreement and moves in. The problem? 
The first month is grand. Anyone can fool someone for a month. But eventually you return to bad habits. His bad habit was women. He would have women over four to five nights per week. I did not appreciate this. I pulled him aside to tell him, Hey, you're having a lot of girls over. You need to reduce how many girls are over or... If you're willing to pay a bit extra for having all these girls over, I won't say a thing. He initially agrees with it. The next day, he calls me down and asks to speak with me at the dining room table. It's T and his girl du jour, G. T begins arguing, How can you ask for more money when that's not in the lease agreement? You can't ask for that. I told him the guest policy was in the ad and that we spoke about it when he came here. He said, yeah, but you can't ask for that. If it's not in the lease agreement, you can't do that. The guest policy isn't in the lease agreement either, so I pay rent. I can have over whoever, whenever I want. G piped in. You just need to take the L on this one and write better lease agreements. I replied to G saying, you're not on the lease agreement, so I don't give a crap what you think about it. I turned to T. It was in the ad. We also talked about it when you came here. You knew about this. T replied, whoa, man, calm down. It's just six months, man. That's my lease term. I'll be out of your hair in six months. I replied, why can't you stay at her place? G said, that's none of your business. Shut up, G. I don't care what you think. You want a problem, T? You got one. This is not cool and you know it. Why does she have to be here five nights a week? She practically lives here. I signed a lease with you, T, not with her. Why is she here? He shrugged. Can't help it. Not on the lease agreement, man. That's what lease agreements are for. I was infuriated. We talked about this. He's choosing to follow the lease agreement. Okay, fine. What's a guy to do? I want him gone. I don't want T and G teaming up against me in my own house. They walked upstairs and turned on the loud music in their room. Later in the evening, G was downstairs cooking something on the stove by herself using my pots and pans. She's cooking for herself in my house. She's not even a tenant, but she sure is acting like one. G tried striking up a friendly conversation with me, but I just gave her absolute silence for 10 minutes while I cooked. I took my food upstairs. This is war. I'm going to follow the lease agreement to the letter. If I advertised a feature in the ad, but it wasn't in the lease agreement, that thing is gone. The compliance... Every day I took something away. I first started by removing all the common consumables from the house. He texted me later saying, Man, you removed all the consumables? You need to come down on the rent. I replied, Not on the lease agreement. He said it don't gotta be like this. I removed the drapes between his room and the private bathroom. I took away the chairs for the dining room table. I then shut off the clothes washer and dryer, circuit breakers were in my room, and left taped up the location of a local laundromat. I also became an absolutely filthy roommate. I didn't clean anything, I left bags of garbage wherever I felt like, I never cleaned up the kitchen and left the sink full of dishes. Please man, can you clean up? No. I had maid service, cancelled that, I informed him of the change. Can you come down on the rent, man? Not on the lease agreement. You agreed to a rental price. Come on. I turned off the breaker to the stove and left out a wall outlet single pot electric plate for him to use. I turned off the microwave. Not on the lease agreement either. I actually started feeling bad for him. G started coming around less and less as I made the living situation worse and worse. 
Finally, he texted me, Do you want me to move out? I replied, Yes. When are you leaving my house? He said, End of the month. You'll let me break the lease? I replied, Of course. He left at the end of the month. I had my house back. I made for sure to make my next lease agreement way more specific about everything. Yeah, this sucks for OP, but they learned the hard way why you really have to just be specific about it. Honestly, I like and respect the idea of going in this being upfront and honest and, you know, hoping that there's just a common understanding of decency. But as soon as you let someone in, it's not surprising that sooner or later you're going to find somebody that tries to abuse that and maliciously comply with the lease agreement. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.